when you guys first got here, what was your first impression of the Pesh market? You were suddenly immersed in a very different culture, different military culture, um, different way of fighting to a large extent, different equipment, um, not quite the logistics or resources that we would have had back in the United States military. I mean, what, what, what were you thinking when you first hit the ground? A lot of things I was prepared for, but there were a lot of things I wasn't. Um, like the equipment, I was like, okay, no problem. I'm pretty familiar with AKs. I was coming down that in my civilian life. I like so firearms, I like shooting. Um, so I, I, I knew AKs well enough. I'm, like, All right, I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with whatever they have as far as equipment. Uh, we brought our own, you know, as far as body armor and stuff like that. Most of us brought our own stuff there. So, so you brought your own kit. Right. So we were, we were set up there pretty well. Um, the Kurdish culture is easy to get immersed in because they're very hospitable. You know, they're, they're, they treat you great, especially if you're coming over here, you know, genuinely trying to help. You know, they're they're very appreciative. It's, it, it means a lot. Um, uh, the way they fight was very different, and uh, we had to adapt slowly because at first we were too, too Western military oriented, very fire maneuver, institutionalized, institutionalized <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and, um, uh, there were things like with our first unit at night. It was uh, you know things like light discipline at night didn't exist. They'd like fires around their burns, so they're silhouetting themselves, things like that. And it was you know little little things like that. But at the same time, they know the area better than we do. So there's a reason they're relaxed at times. And when we were, we're thinking okay, we'll take contact in a minute, but usually they know things we don't. Um, and, and you soon. Not soon, but eventually you kind of learn that the way they fight is based around their capabilities. If they had the, the maneuverability and the communications and the, the structure that the Western military did. If they had air support, they had direct power. Directly, yes, then they would be able to fight the way we do, but instead they have to do it this way. So it's like, it's like they have a lot of modern stuff, but they have to scale back their tactics to uh, an earlier time. Yeah. It's like being a hundred years behind us almost. Yeah, yeah. You, you can see in some places that, it, uh, I hate to say this, but almost like World War One tactics. Right. Where it's like the two sides are stalemated. Yeah. And then when they move in, it's like a column. And then, mm -hmm. you know, uh, for sure. We've, we've done our share of the burn line before we even did this, we met you at this uh, offensive. Um, all right, Joey, do you want to ask the same question? Uh, um, first impressions with the Peshmerga? Well, with the Peshmerga, it was, it was a bit different for me because uh, there were, we had one guy in ninth who kind of did the same thing. He went to Rojava first and then went to Peshmerga. So I kind of, I had a force to compare them to. So, I mean, I expected them to, to not have, you know, not have good equipment in, in their tactics to be, Obviously not at the level they are in the U.S. military, so I wasn't too surprised um, to get out there with them and see how they operate. The light discipline thing that that, that kind of got to me a little bit because you know they they walk around in big groups with the commander and they would shine lights so he can see things out there. But you know I, it always seemed like they knew something we didn't, so I just kind of ignored it. And if they would come near me, I'd try to kind of just kind of move <laughs> away a bit. Light. Yeah, I just move I just move away just in case, yeah. you know. But um. There was there was a little bit of a difference between the the, the fighters in the FAK and the FAJ and then there are with the Peshmerga. Um, the their tactics uh, the FAK seemed to be more of like a like a guerrilla type. Yeah. Um, and also with uh, you know ho ho hospitality, um, 
general friendliness, uh, heart, having heart when they go fight, it seems like the Yipenge are a little bit stronger there. Um, you know, they, they, they treat you like family, they go out of their way always to, to give you anything you need, and they're always happy, always smiling, that kind of thing, versus, well, I'm not saying Peshmerga aren't, but uh, it's it's more toned down a little bit, you know, the, the, here is a lot different than in Ninth. Uh, in Ninth, I found that um, some of the guys weren't were quite as friendly in Ninth than they are here, but I guess we, it's because we played a different role here. But uh, as far as equipment and, and tactics and these kinds of things go, uh, I, I kind of saw and got what I expected. It seems like uh, one of the differences too between uh, the YPG and the Peshmerga is that in the Pesh you have citizen soldiers, guys mm -hmm. who are working civilian jobs, but then they come in and they're yeah. fighting these big battles. Absolutely. And they're getting paid too, also, which I, sometimes, but... Just um, different motivation. Yeah. And they, they, you know, those guys over there, they're not getting paid and they're just kind of always there, you know, aside from the 10 day rotation thing. You got a lot of younger guys also from the FAG. Yeah, yeah, that's um, for sure. Uh, maybe maybe not as much money coming in over there too, so they, they're very conservative with uh, like the VKC ammo. I don't know yeah. if you noticed, yeah. they, they like to single shot mm -hmm. instead of um, suppressing. The dishka like too, that. they like to put a scope mm -hmm. on a dishka mm -hmm. and fire one bullet at a time. Yeah. Yeah. So how about first impressions of the enemy? First contact with the enemy? Oh, well, my first uh, engagement with Dosh was uh, one of the rarest things we've seen in this country so far. It was an incredibly well-executed ambush on a, a defensive position we were at uh, around 2 in the morning. Um, <clears throat> they, were, uh, they got as close as they possibly could uh, under darkness and uh, we had a Milana too thermal, so I mean, they, they got around that. So they both crawled up to the beach. Yeah, yeah, behind burn lines and through tall grass, and uh, I, yeah, it's baffling. And luckily, we had planned the day before with Westerners, like one of our friends, uh, James, and we, we got up on the burn, and we're like, all right, how are we going to defend this, because we're going to be all night. Set up a gun line here, we got to watch this, we had a wash coming around the left side of the creek beds, we're like, okay, we got to watch this, because it's exactly how I creep up to this position. So you, okay, so there's low ground that could come up to your position. Pretty much there's a high ground front, open fields and like a fish pond thing, mm -hmm. but empty, and then open terrain, and then there's a, a riverbed coming up along the, the left and side. And on your side, you had a Milan, you had some riflemen. Right. Uh, we had a <clears throat> few Humvees placed uh, with uh, Dushkas, MG3s, okay. and BKCs. Um, and anyway, what happened was uh, me and... Uh, the guy he went to Rochava with Justin, we were mm -hmm. sitting up there on this next to this Humvee on the burn line, but offset to where this little concrete structure was. And we were hanging out there, and uh, they were sweeping the, uh, the further out trench with a light where the Peshmerga was. And we caught a glint, and we were like, and he, for whatever reason, trying to flush him, like, no, no, right there, right there, point it there. And we're like, listen, wait. And we heard, like, just the guy trucking, and I'm like, oh no, he's moving, he's moving, that's definitely a dude. Anyway, we caught the glint again, and the light was reflecting off something he was wearing. Uh, probably a, a scope, I'm guessing. It looked like a, okay. a scope glare. Um, anyway, at that point, we're looking for the Peshmerga lieutenant so we can, you know, before we open fire on this, this whatever this is, because we're like, screw it, I'm not, you know, better safe than sorry. Yeah. Anyway, couldn't find him, so we're like, hey, dude, let's light him up. Screw it. We let off a few bursts of mine. He was doing single shot and uh, didn't get anything back, but uh, we were cut off. They were told to stop by our. our Jet commander at the time because he came running over for now. You must have discipline. 
yelling at us and he said, no, that's two kilometers. I'm like, no, that's a hundred meters. <laughs> so he wasn't really sure. He thought we were pointing at this light oh, on the horizon. He didn't realize it was right on top. <clears throat> yeah, and we're like, whatever, man. And we're, we're <coughs> excuse me. So we're sitting there behind uh, this concrete structure just kind of stewing like this is bullshit. I know what we saw and we're like, yeah, I'm talking about it. Next thing we knew, RPGs were sailing right past our heads. <laughs> we're dying in the deck, shouting RPG, getting up, firing around the corners, like lighting up the field in the position that we, we saw before. Uh, how many enemy muzzle flashes do you think you saw? Oh uh, man, uh, I'd say five muzzle flashes at any, like sporadically. I'm, I'm guessing around 10 to five guys. Uh, because they had uh, five to ten bad guys out there. Yeah, and they definitely they had an RPG team, and they had BKC uh, gunners, at least two of those, and then uh, your AK guys, and then they had a, a mortar team who was putting very accurate uh, mortar fire. They were triangulating them around our, our little shit. structure. Um, anyway, what happened was, I mean, we we we, had, we played it out with them with the firefight for a bit, and uh, mortar started coming, and we started hearing launch. I'm like, crap, because nobody likes IDF. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, anyway, there was a truck down below us on the berm where all we last thing we saw were like five of our Westerners from our group in it, and it hit right behind the truck bed. It was like a 61, and, and it just cloud of smoke and debris. And I, I remember I saw it go off, and I shut my eyes and did this. And I just felt get peppered by Here dirt and crap like that. And, um, we're like, oh crap, and it kind of clicked like, oh crap, oh, are you guys all right? And we just hear this desk like, yeah. <laughs> and then they go running out of it shooting. <laughs> and we're like, okay, they're alive, we're good, and we keep, keep fighting. But anyway, that was the first one to hit. And then the second one hits over here, and another one hits over here, and I'm like, and I'm starting to hit my head, I'm like, oh god, they're doing them right, they're walking they're, right they're, around. They're, they're bracketing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, okay. and I'm like, dude, that's like right around us. Oh, the next one's gonna hit us. I'm in my head, I'm like, all right, screw it, just keep going. You, you can't do anything about it, just keep fighting. And, uh, Anyway, yeah, it was incredibly well executed ambush. Um, back to the equipment question, my uh, RBK had a catastrophic malfunction to where a casing got lodged in the bolt bolt carrier group section. So we had to field strip it under fire and put it all back together. Uh, failure to eject. Yeah, and just got it lodged in there. I'm, I'm sitting there like, like crap, crap. <laughs> This is like, I did a, I jumped off the berm and did like a slide down the hill, bolted fly, it was like something out of a movie. <laughs> and that was all movie. you had at that point. That yeah, was, yeah. You were out of the fight. Um, got it back up and then uh, we started, I, I grabbed another Westerner, let them do their business up top and I started, hey, we need to suppress this wash. I don't see anything yet, but let's let's put some rounds in it and make sure they can't maneuver on us. Because uh, they have a history of being flanked. Uh, yeah. That are some of our guys that, that happened. They tried to destroy you. Right. So, um, anyway, we hear them shouting Al Akbar. We're yelling, uh, fuck you, Al Akbar. Fuck you. <laughs> and uh, one of our, our colonels, uh, Senator Kirchby, said, uh, he said, um, uh, all about daddy's a woman. Like, the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, talking, we're just talking shit and fighting these guys. Um, lasted about two hours. A day late um, broke as it, it, they uh, retreated tactically under fire. Um, we rolled into a dishka and an M2, or no, two dishkas on MVs. They brought up around the left side and started to chase them out. And, uh, so you weren't able to recover any bodies or anything? No, that? no. Uh, they either uh, pulled their dead or uh, they all made it out and uh, we didn't get any I mean, it was pitch black out there because, you know, there's no city lights in that those areas, so it's, it's literally just, we had no moon, it was pitch black. Luckily, 
I did bring uh, AK tritium night sights from mm -hmm. home, so I could actually. Oh, sweet. Okay. Which is great, because when I got that RPK, the sights were all crooked, so I was like, oh, I can take this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that was awesome being able to line them up, but uh, I remember that very specifically. What about you, Joey? I missed out on that one, man. I got wicked food poisoning earlier <laughs> that day. Maybe you didn't miss it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I'm saying I was missing it. Yeah, we, uh, we were there for a good part of the day just scouting it out and these guys around I left around um, sundown because mm -hmm. uh, I got a random piece of meat in my in my beans so I asked the guys like any of you guys get meat in your soup and they're like no <laughs> so yeah I went back to the base and these guys took contact and I was like, so you had any other first contacts with uh, first contact was a real real short um, Real short one over in in, in uh, Rojava. Yeah. Uh, me and Justin. It was uh, the beginning of the push to Talhamis. Justin, the guy, came over with uh, after we took Talhamis. Yeah, in, uh, in Syria. Yeah, in Syria. Um, it was the first time we ever took contact. It was real brief, but um, we we had taken the village and the guys were kind of relaxing. We we actually our our small group was about six or seven. We were taking cover from well not taking cover but we were behind a house uh, that was covered from where they would come from if they were there. Uh, some of the other, the FBA guys were just hanging out in the middle of the road and um, I think two or three guys just started popping shots at them and uh, those guys just started running. Our, our FBA guys started running, jumping over the wall towards us and me and Justin, we had our weapons on us so we just went and returned fire. Uh, they were pretty far off though, but we just made them run. But um, just, just from all of the handful of experiences I've had fighting them, I, I definitely underestimated how tactically inclined they are. Um, they're a lot smarter than you think they are, and they, they shoot a little better than you think they, they would. But it, it sounds like it depends so much on, just like the group of Kurds, some are better trained than others. It mm -hmm. sounds like it's the same thing with the enemy and the Dash, because some of them seem like they really have their act together, yeah. they're pretty tight, and others are just amateur hours. So right. Yeah. Yeah. 